Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning Shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Audrey Seek. A recent research study commissioned by Singapore's Labour Movement and Sal Foundation found gaps when it comes to training of mature workers. Now, even though training is viewed by employers as the most effective way to ensure the employability of mature workers, companies are falling short in turning that into reality. And in addition, despite upskilling efforts, many older workers still face difficulties finding employment. And that's because the knowledge they acquired through training is too basic. In light of those issues, the two organizations will be collaborating on further research to enhance mature workers' employability and to improve the understanding of the value they bring. They'll also carry out two sandbox projects to showcase best practices or innovative ideas related to mature workers. And for more, we're joined by Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of NTUC. Good morning, Patrick. How are you this morning? Hi, good morning, Audrey. Great to have you on the show. And we also have with us Dr. Paul Ong, Deputy Chief Executive Officer at Sao Foundation. Paul, welcome to Breakfast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Audrey. Very glad to be here. Glad to have you on as well. Lots to get into. So let's start with you, Paul. You know, we know that the Sao Foundation is a nonprofit organization which is dedicated to promoting active aging. So what kind of feedback have you guys gotten from mature workers? What are mature workers looking for in training? Uh, so the Zao Foundation has um, a lot of experience in working in elder care and in working on the longevity landscape. So we know all the people very well, and we have worked very hard actually to describe and improve the understanding actually of the benefits of longevity. Mm. So longevity is a hallmark actually of success for economic and social development, and so that's why we have to take this mature workforce as a resource very seriously in our country. Now, what we do know is that the profile of, of older workers in Singapore are changing even as we speak. We're at this very important inflection point. Um, and training has to distinguish between the current and the future cohorts, actually, of older people. What do I mean by this? Well, in 2021, more than 40% of those aged 55 and over do not have secondary education. But the cohort just behind them, 45 to 54, years old, close to 90% have at least secondary education. Hmm. So the training has to distinguish actually between the current, you know, sort of 55 plus, uh, not so educated and then those that are coming up actually they have enormous educational assets that are extremely valuable to the country. Now, what seniors do tell us is that for them, training is very different, you know, from a standard school or academic learning type of situation. Many mature workers actually express this huge fear that they cannot learn in that way anymore, you know, in a large classroom style type setting. So they really want training and teaching to be tailored much more to, you know, the, their learning style and needs as they are in that life phase at the moment. So new training methods, you know, you know, I have to translate a map better onto an older population and their sort of learning needs. The current research also tells us anyway that uh, from an employee point of view, when we talk about building baseline skills, it's just beyond, you know, the technical skills that they need. Actually, a lot of them, for them to have continued employment or to change employment, you know, they need to have uh, better language skills, um, sometimes English skills. And they also actually need new interpersonal skills as well so that they can work in a harmonious workplace, manage conflicts, and particularly in an intergenerational sort of context. 
And of course, when you talk about technical skills, it's the digital skills that they need. So it's really things like learning how to use Microsoft Office and so on that are actually really important to them. Yeah. yeah. Singapore is dealing with an ever-changing aging society. So we do have a good number of mature workers and even more to come. Uh, Patrick, let's bring you in now. What can be done if some of these workers say that they find it difficult to find work because the training they received is too basic? Do these challenges cut across all industries or are some sectors more affected, you think? So when it comes to mature workers saying that the training is too basic, actually they mean when when they, when they say that uh, most of mature mature workers thought that the training does not equip them, you know, with the skills they need to navigate the new technologies as well as the new mm. processes that that are evolving. Because in today's very rapidly evolving and disruptive landscape, the the pivotal factor driving workforce development is actually digitalization and transformation of businesses across diverse sectors. In fact, it impacts almost every sector. I mean, some faster paces. And uh, it's not about really pinpointing certain industries, but recognizing this universal shift towards technological integration in the workplace. And and companies, regardless of their field, you know, are increasingly relying on digital tools, automation, data-driven strategies, even generative AI to enhance efficiency, productivity, and competitiveness. And so, therefore, in this era of its constant treadmill kind of technological advancement, the emphasis should be on really fostering a culture of continuous learning and adaptability and ensuring that the training plans you know, as, as uh, fleshed out in the survey, are relevant and structured. So there's really a crucial need to ensure that training is carefully curated so that all workers, including mature workers, you know, can maximize their full potential in their jobs. Yeah, it's a delicate balance, right, between expectations and individual companies' needs, so it can be tricky. So, Paul, yes. what kind of factors do companies need, you think, to consider when it comes to designing these training programs targeted at mature workers? So I think this is a very interesting question because I think, first of all, it isn't just mature workers that need to be trained. I mm. think we need to train everybody. Employers need training. Their managers right across operations need to be trained as well so that they can be effective in managing and integrating a mature workforce and understand what it means actually to harness this potential actually for business uh, in Singapore. The other thing I think that's also quite interesting that comes out of a lot of research with older workers and employers as well is that there's generally a little bit of a mismatch between what employers expect and what employees expect in terms of the job industry preferences. So, you know, these questions take it beyond just training alone. So, for example, you know, we know that there's a lot of employer need or preference for jobs in F&B, in cleaning and landscaping, land transportation, health and social work, public administration and education. Now, you've got to bear in mind that mature employees and mature workers generally prefer roles that are not too physically demanding. So the administration, education type things are okay, but they also like roles in uh, early education, financial services, customer-facing roles across a whole range of industries, actually. Mm -hmm. And employers don't actually see eye-to-eye on these preferences. They don't really understand that these people have a role in these places. So in a way, it's not, you know, not, not about whether employers are at fault or employees are at fault. It's actually both groups need to be encouraged, actually, in these different roles. So for the physically more demanding roles, a bit like what Patrick is alluding to, maybe employers and employees need to embrace the scientific advances in technologies 
So using robots and other, you know, sort of tech assistance to make cleaning, landscaping, F&B, land transportation more amenable and physically sustainable for older workers. But meanwhile, you know, employers, you know, we encourage you also to look at the value of older workers in other sectors like the financial services, you know, uh, early education, you know, employ them in customer facing roles because our customers and clients of our products, VCs in Singapore is also getting older. And all of this obviously has training implications because additional training is needed. Mm. So even if you're going to work with the robots, you need to be tech savvy, you know, enough to be able to maintain them, work with them, activate them, operate them for cleaning, landscaping. And if you want a customer facing role, you need to have good communication skills as I alluded to earlier. So that training is also needed for that type of basic competency as well. Yeah, I want to toss this back to Patrick. You brought up a great point, Paul, that it's not just mature workers that need to be trained. Uh, Are there specific Specific challenges, though, uh, Patrick, when it comes to that mature workers might struggle in a bit more than others when trying to upskill? And how can companies work around these challenges so that they can stay competitive and sustainable? Yeah, so as mentioned earlier, I think some mature workers feel that there might be a gap between the training content and the required job skills. So some also say that there's difficulties in keeping up with the new technologies which are you know, changing so rapidly. Mm. And so therefore, it's important and imperative for companies to craft training programs that align with job requirements. Uh, and it's really important that there's this job skill match so that workers can stay um, uh, employed employable and companies can maintain their competitiveness. So companies are encouraged to tailor their pro- training programs to accommodate uh, to mature workers, you know, ensuring that the content is digestible and not overly complex. And additionally, training should be conducted gradually over a period of time, you know, not rushing into it, but gradually over a period of time strategically to facilitate better understanding and retention. Mm. All right, Paul, let's get into the sandbox projects that showcase best practices for mature workers. We know that your teens have been working on them. Can you share more about that? Uh, so I think the truth is that we haven't actually started working on this with NTUC yet. The collaboration is only beginning. Let me explain because there is actually a research phase where we will look actually at two specific projects to understand the economic and other types of values that immature workers bring to a modern workforce and to our economy. And then also, you know, to better understand the factors that can enhance and improve employment and employability of all the workers in Singapore. Until we actually have, um, you know, a lot of the research data and analysis in place, it's not easy for us, um, you know, to design, uh, you know, specific interventions that we can try out or test. So I think, you know, the collaboration with NTUC is just beginning. And the first phase, actually, is we need the information, we need the data. What Paul says, right, I think we have just started this collaboration and really looking at the real data and, and the research and the surveys, both from a qualitative as well as quantitative point of view. But uh, of course, definitely uh, potential projects will be definitely in the area of employment and probability and, you know, how to better career guide or even, you know, redesign jobs to really help mature workers, you know, assimilate in this uh, new world of work and future of work. All right, lots to look forward to. Yes, it's important to keep up to date and refresh the strategies as times change. So, Patrick, how regularly should employers review their training programs, you think, and where should they start? Yes, I think companies should review their training programs periodically. A very important point is that they should check with their employees the training is applicable to the requirements of their jobs. Because I think we do get complaints that, you know, workers go for training and then wondering, why do I go for this training when it's really not relevant? So, training is really intended to better help workers in their jobs with regards to doing their work more efficiently, you know, such as leveraging the technologies that are being implemented you know, in the workplace. 
and uh, companies can tap on our NTC and Labour Movement's Company Training Committee initiative to form CDC with our unions and we can you know, really work out a training plan that's structured and relevant to the needs of workers and companies. So through this um, initiative, I think companies with CDCs can tap on the CDC grant and we have a generous grant to help them implement transformation plans, enhance workforce performance and really give them a critical edge in business compared to others. So, all right. Just before we let the two of you go, the Singapore budget is just a week away. Could we get a sense of what measures you're hoping to see when it comes to mature workers? Let's start with Patrick. What's on your wish list? I think one key thing is, uh, you know, the top of minds of mature workers is job security. Mm. I think this came out from the Every Worker Matters conversation as well as the PME task force reports in the last two, three years. I, I think it's important, therefore, that this budget cater to this need for, you know, employment and employability of uh, uh, mature workers. So I hope to see in various aspects, uh, whether it's uh, enhanced training support, enhanced training allowance, and even more skills future credit, with a particular focus on mature workers. And Paul, same question to you, hopes for a Singapore budget? I think it's really important to continue an equal emphasis on supportive measures for workers and the employers. So I think that's one thing that we really do to, to continue. But I think importantly as well, we hope that there are measures to promote you know, research data gathering and incentive frameworks to encourage employers to actually take up the policy and programs that are really actually quite plentiful and out there in Singapore. Like we have grants to support job redesign. Um, Patrick was just talking basically about the training grants that are available. Flexible working, you know, that we've been talking about, I think, since the turn of the millennium. So there's still, I think, you know, this factor of employees not really seeing the value of older workers. So hopefully measures will be there to help employers, you know, to understand its value of extending the career runway and trajectories of older workers and to improve the last mile translation of all these policies that we have, you know, actually into practice. Uh, so how do we bring more education and awareness of the value of older workers? How do we get to a place like in Germany where organizations at BMW understand and want to retain their mature technicians mm. because they say, okay, these people really bring experience and value to the car production process and can help bring through you know, the next generation of workers and managers as well. So perhaps there should be support for uh, employers right across the country to share best, best practices and experiences in maintaining mature workers as a part of a successful business. And they can all work together basically to you know, help us build, I think, in this sort of new future. I think this would be very, very good. All right. Great insights, Patrick and Paul. Thanks for the insights. Happy Chinese New Year to you both. Yeah, happy New Year, year and uh, great to be on the show. Great yeah, to have you. you on. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. We've been Bye. speaking with Patrick Tay, Assistant Secretary General of NTUC, and Dr. Paul Ong, Deputy Chief Executive Officer at the Sao Foundation. Keep it here on Money FM eighty nine point three. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O Audio at the App Store and Google Play.